Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. The title of my message this morning here is Away in a Manger. One of the great songs that we have, one of the great hymns that we sing to the Lord every year. And uh, I'm speaking this morning on the swaddling cloths and the manger. Uh, last week, again, Pastor spoke about the virgin birth. Um, but why is it that Christmas is such a big deal? Why is it that people all over the world celebrate it and come together at this time? Why is it that of any time of year, this is the best chance you have and, and the best opportunity that you might have of someone actually being nice to someone else? What is it that uh, makes Christmas so much different? Well, Christmas is such a big deal, and it's such a big day because we're celebrating the birth of our king. Uh, and not just any king. This is the king. This is the king of kings. Christmas is huge because it's the day that our Savior was born. Uh, we always look at the manger and we have a baby and, you know, we, he's in there and we, 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 we're so happy and we celebrate Christmas. But Christmas is really uh, just a forerunner of what was coming. It, it, it was the preparation for the cross. And, and we always think of, of, of Jesus as, as the amazing baby on Christmas, and we love to celebrate that. But he was born for a purpose. And this is the day that we celebrate that. It's the most important person who has ever lived in the entire world. Um, it is the day that joy came to the world. And there has never been a birth that was more important than that of Jesus Christ. And yet his birth didn't exactly go the way that we would think a traditional birth is supposed to go. Things were a little bit different for Jesus on, on the day of his birth. And we're going to take a look at that today. Uh, we're going to be looking at the swaddling clothes and the manger and the sign that they provide for us. And so we're going to start here in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Just a, an incredible story, one that we've heard uh, often uh, about the birth of our Savior here. And it says this in, in verse number one. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we look into your word this morning, I just pray that you would open our, our hearts and our minds. Help us to hear the word that you have prepared for us today. And help it to change the way we do things. We don't want to just be hearers of your word, Lord, but we want to be doers of it as well. Be with us, we pray this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So the, we're going to take a look at a couple of interesting things that we find here in uh, Luke chapter 2. And the first one is this. Jesus was placed in a manger. He was placed in a manger. Now, every one of us knows that the most important thing to figure out when a baby is coming is where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put that thing, right? The baby's coming. You're, you're getting ready. It's time. Mama's becoming full with child. And you're saying, uh-oh, time's getting close. We better figure out what we're doing with the baby. Where are we going to put it? And so one of the things that is so crucial at this time is what? That thing. you got to figure out where you're going to put that thing. All right. So, well, you don't know what it is. <laughs> Apparently, you're never able to. Anyway, I'm going to get sidetracked. Anyway, uh, yeah. So <laughs> you're sitting there, and you have to come. The, one of the first and most important things is the crib. You have to find a crib. You have to have somewhere safe and comfortable and, and, and protective of the most precious thing that you're ever going to have. And so you sit there and you say, all right, well, we have to go find one. Now, when Val and I were getting ready to have our first uh, child, our first son, uh, Babies R Us was the big place. Babies R Us, you used to go there. It was like this huge warehouse, and there was just everything in the world in there. And they would let you go in, and they give you the little scan tool. And Val was like, I want to go get some different stuff. And I was like, I want to scan the thing, you know, because I don't know what I want. I, whatever mama wants Mama's going to get. And so she's going in there. She's like, scan this. And I was like, you sure you want to scan this? Scan it. Okay, we're scanning that, right? And we're going around. We're doing the different stuff. We get to the thing. And there is like this whole big, huge area. And there's just cribs all over the place. And we go in, and they're all, you get to like super, and, and you go to like the one. You're like, oh, this is incredible. And then you see the price tag, and you're like, that one's not great. Let's go. And then, you know, so you, it's the eye test first, right? You see the one first, and you're like, this is, you know. But then you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let, let our eyes go to the price tag first. We're, we're shopping in this area. So let's look over here, you know. And then we, we, we went, went over, and as any good parent, you want to make sure that that crib is going to protect your child. And so what do you do? You shake it. You know, you, you, you're twisting. You I think Val got in it. She was trying it on. She was trying different positions. And, things. and you do different stuff to make sure that this is the thing that you want that's going to hold your precious baby. It's, it's, it's such an important thing. And then you scan it, and you hope one of the grandparents will buy it for you because you have no money. <laughs> Amen for grandparents. Uh, another big deal is the outfit, the outfit. You got to pick out if you're, guys don't care about this. We want the, the crib, you're like, okay, we need a crib for, you know, we got to, I, I need a cage to trap the child into. Um, for, <laughs> for the other stuff, you say uh, an outfit. And, and my, my wife, she was big time, we have to have the, the outfit that we're going to bring them home in. You know, and it's special. It's a special day. You're bringing the baby home, home for the first time. And home is a special place. And you want to make sure, because you're, you're probably going to take pictures. At least this is what you're thinking in your head. When you get home from the hospital, you just fall asleep, right? But, you know, you're thinking there's going to be pictures and confetti and all this stuff as we bring our child home for that first time. And so you pick out a special outfit and all of these things that you want to be able to bring the baby home in. It's a special day. It's a special day, and you want to have special outfit for that first time they come home. This place that you've been working on, 
right? Because it's not like that day you've started preparing for the baby. You've been working on it. You've been preparing for it. You've been getting their room ready. You've been putting that crib together with all the 10 billion different pieces. And you're, you're figuring it all out. And you're putting it all together. And you're making sure it's safe. And you do all that. How many, you know, the entire rest of your house could be in complete shambles and falling apart except for that one room? That one room has to be perfect. I remember, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it was my idea or whose idea it was, but somehow I wound up gutting completely the room that was going to be the nursery. It was my idea. Okay. All right. Sure it was. Anyway. <laughs> so you, you sit there, and I gutted it down to the studs. I redid studs in the walls because there was some termites. I was like, there is nothing. A, a tank. I want a tank to be able to drive into the side of this room and not be able to make it through. So I redid walls. I put additional uh, Windows in, I couldn't think of window. Uh, windows in, we did all, all these different things. We got it all ready, knew everything, sheetrock, paint, carpet, whole deal, ready for baby. And I got it done just in time to leave, <laughs> to go away, because I had left for, for nine months, or nine months, a little, little over, a year altogether, right, uh, that I was gone uh, serving in, in the military when my wife was getting ready to have our firstborn. But I made sure the entire room was ready to go, was ready to go for when baby came home. It's such an important thing. You could have the whole rest of the house. We're in the winter now. I don't know if you guys realize it's cold out, you know, stuff like that. The whole rest of your house, you could have no heat in the house, and blankets and just bundled up and, and freezing to death, icicles and all that on your, on your face in the rest of the house. But the baby's room has to be 75 degrees. I think there's a law about it. Uh, it has to be ready to go. The house could be falling apart except for the baby's room. So how, after waiting for so long for this Savior, the one who would wipe every tear from our eye, the one who would bring peace and restore our relationship with God, how is it that at this time we see him born in a barn, wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in an animal's food tray? Now, I'm, no, I'm not famous, I'm not special, I'm just some guy, right? And I put all this effort into our child's space, where we were going to take care of our baby. How is it that the king of the world came into it and didn't have a place prepared for him? A, a, a manger is really just, it, it could be made a couple different ways, but... Uh, a majority of them were just a big stone that they carve like an opening in, in the top, to make it kind of like a bowl. And they'd put food or, or water in there for, for the animals. Sometimes it was made, if they didn't have a whole lot of money for a big stone and things like that, sometimes it was made with bricks and mud. And you have this manger that Jesus is placed into. Why is it that we find that the person who is so important being born in a barn. Now, I've heard a lot of messages over the years. And, and people talk about how the world had no place for Jesus. And that's the big, um, the big thing that they hit on in the message, right? Well, we didn't have any room for him, and that's what makes it special. And, and all those things are true. 
but I don't know if that is the main reason why he was born this way. Can I suggest to you today that Jesus was born in the manger because that is right where God wanted him to be born. That is right where God wanted him to be born, out in the barn. I believe that God wanted his son to be born in a barn out back and placed with the animals. It sounds really weird when you think about it. But I think I have some support for this. I believe it because God could have found a way. Right? All of, how many of us have said, you know, gone to do something and are like, oh, we're all booked up. We can't do anything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We had an opening. Somebody canceled. Something happened. Right? Oh, well, Shem couldn't come. We, we have a cancellation at the inn. All of a sudden, there's a room, and Mary can come in, and you guys are good to go. You'll have a nice, warm plate. It was actually the president's suite, and, and, and it was it's crazy. They weren't able to come for whatever reason. They didn't make it here in time. You get this presidential suite. You're able to go in here. You can have your baby in there. That didn't happen. God could have made a way for that to happen. He could have held somebody up and uh, put something in a path and have a room open up for them, but he didn't. And even more than that, we're told in Scripture that in the Bible, it tells us that God chooses the time and the place for us. It says that in Acts chapter 17. So God wanted this to be the place where Jesus was going to be born. He wanted this to be how his son would come into the world. And let's look down a little bit further to find out why. Do you guys have that video for us, Joseph? You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat! <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. All right, that's good. That's what Christmas is all about. Remember a time in our country where we used to have cartoons that were like this? Not so much anymore, but Jesus was announced to shepherds. Jesus was announced to shepherds. 
So here we find that Jesus was placed in a manger as a sign for the shepherds. That's why he was born there. He was put there so that the shepherds would be able to find him and know that he, uh, that the Savior that they had been waiting for had been born. You see, <clears throat> shepherds at that time were kind of on the low side of society. Um, they were looked down on because they're out in the field, right? They're always out in the field with the animals and things like that. So uh, they're usually a little bit dirty. Uh, they could be a little bit smelly. And they weren't able to, and this was a big thing. You got to remember in, in, in Israel, one of the big things was being able to keep all the religious laws and the observations and things that they did. And so they weren't able to, to come in from the fields to do that because they had to stay with the animals. And so they were kind of looked down on by the religious people because they were considered to be ceremonially unclean. They weren't able to observe all the religious obligations. In fact, one commentary puts it this way. I think we have it up. The shepherd's narrative clearly illustrates Luke's picture. I'm going to read it from here. It's easier. Clearly illustrates Luke's picture of Jesus as the Messiah who has come to the outcasts of society and of popular religion. Shepherding was considered ceremonially unclean, and shepherds were generally, generally considered to be people of questionable character. That the good news should come to them first provides a striking picture of the mission of Christ. God chose some of the most looked down on and despised people of the whole area to reveal himself to. No shepherd would have ever been allowed into the temple. The main place for worship, the main place for coming to meet with God, to come in to speak to their king, their creator, and the one who would send their savior, was the temple. That was the place. You would come there, and the average person could just come into like this big court area. They weren't even allowed into the actual building. And then the priests and things like that, there was all kinds of different designations, and you had to be a more special person to be a little bit closer, and even more special to be a little closer than that. And then there was this one place that was called the most holy place, the holiest of holies. And only one person could enter that, and that just one time a year. They had to go through all these washings and all this stuff. They had to make sacrifices and all these different things. Because when you were going into this one room, it was considered going into the very presence of God. You had to go through this whole thing to be able to be good enough to get in there. And then even at that, they would tie a rope around you just in case. Because if you weren't good enough, you could drop dead right on the spot, they thought. And then they could use the rope to just drag you out. That was what it meant to get into God's presence for these people. Yet these shepherds were invited into the very presence of God. They were the first to get to see the most important person who would ever be born. Now Jesus would go on to be visited by kings. We all talk about the wise men or the magi or different things that they, they go by. Uh, they would come and they would visit him at, at a later time. But the first people, the first people who got invited into the presence of the king were the shepherds. The forgotten and the rejected people are the ones that Jesus asked to come to him. Those who the world had forgotten 
were to have first place in the presence of the king. And that's because point number three we have today is because Jesus was born for us. For us. Here, today, this morning. Not the, not the special people. Not those who you can't get to because they sit behind walled-off areas. Not those who uh, have security to keep you at arm's distance because you're not able to, to come and get near them. That's not who, I mean, God wants to save them as well. But he came for all of us. The reason that Jesus came, uh, we find here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And it says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. The reason that Jesus came was for us. Jesus chose not to be born in a palace and announced to kings because he was here for everyone. He wanted to make the statement right from the very beginning, right from the very beginning, that all people can come to him. We all have a place at the table. Doesn't matter who your parents were. Doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Jesus, right from the moment he arrived, the day of his birth, without being able to move, without being able to speak, without being able to do any of those things, he wanted to make sure that everyone knew, I'm here for all of you. He wanted us to know that we were important to him. Jesus deserves so much greater than what he came into. Yet he humbled himself. He had a stone crib. He had a dirty barn. And he had a very unlikely family. That's a whole other story about how all that came together. The scripture says that he made himself nothing and took the very nature of a servant. What an incredible example for us. What an incredible example for us for how we should live. Earlier this week, um, there was a person who was being rude to one of my children and my wife. Not a good combination. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to get into the specifics about it, but my wife, uh, you know, we talk sometimes when, when I first get home from work. She's already there and stuff with the boys. and uh, She'll come in. We like to talk in the kitchen. The boys are out, off doing something. They'll try and come into the kitchen. We'll say, get out of the kitchen. Mommy and daddy are talking, you know, catching up, husband and wife stuff. And uh, so, so we're in there talking, and she's telling, me about, she's telling me about her day. And she's saying, hey, uh, you know, this person was rude or whatever, and, uh, you know, was rude to one of my kids and all these different things. 
And we're going over it. And she said, how can someone be so rude to other people? And I told her, I said, babe, it's because I needed a sermon illustration for Sunday. <laughs> you know, God knew that the preacher had to preach and that, that, you know, you had this situation that I would be able to use to go right along with my message. And uh, no, uh, really, I told her that it's because people think they're so important. All of us do it, right? We all think that we, we believe that everything we do is right and everything we think is right. That's why we think it, because it's right, right? No. Well, sometimes we're wrong about that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Some of the things that we think are not correct, and we have to change the way we think on them, right? Um, I, and I told her that someone who does something like that, um, th they think that they're right, and when, when someone else they feel is doing something wrong, they want to make sure that they hear about it. They want to make sure that their correct opinion gets heard by other people. And so that's not how Jesus did things. That's not how Jesus did things. Jesus humbled himself because even though he was greater than everyone, he wanted to show that he didn't look down on anyone. He was coming so that whosoever, and, and that's a whole message in itself, whosoever, whosoever would come to him would be able to have eternal life. It doesn't matter who you are. So this Christmas season, remember that person who's pumping your gas. You are not better than them. You are not better than them. So be nice to them. I used to be one of those people pumping gas. There was lots of people who come up who were not better than me, trying to act like they were. Um, that lady who's got the stroller, and she's just trying to get through the door. Your time is not more important than hers. You are not somehow better than her or more important than her. So hold the door for her. The family member who drives you up the wall, mm, mm. that family member who drives you up the wall, just remember Christ died for them as well. Christ died for them as well. So try showing a little bit of his love to them too. As we prepare to close today, I believe that the Lord would remind us to work on humbling our hearts. We all get sidetracked sometimes. Every one of us, me included. Sometimes I start getting up there on that horse thinking I'm warm. Got to bring it back down. Man, when I was a teenager, whoo, I don't know how you survived me as a teenager, babe. I don't know how that happened. I used to have a big old head. Anyway. Uh, but the most important person who ever lived, if he could humble himself for us, we should be able to do that for those around us also. And if we do, if we do, we just might be able to have a Merry Christmas. Won't you pray with me? 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for all who are gathered here this morning. And Lord, I just want to ask that you would please be with us, Lord. It is so hard sometimes to remember that those around us are important. And that they need to see your love coming through us to them. God, help us to humble ourselves. Help us to have the right heart. Help us to honor you and all that you did for us and how you humbled yourself for us. We love you, Lord. I pray that as we get ready to leave today that you would go with each one of us and that we would be able to share you with others through the way we conduct ourselves. Be with us, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.